0: You have fought back the dominion, looted strongholds, and even braved a shaper storm. But now you're safe behind the city walls. Freelancer, welcome home. This is The Anthem Show.
1: Welcome home, freelancers. This is The Anthem Show. I'm your host, Manny G, and I am joined again by two amazing people, both Andy and And Flavorous. What is up, guys?
0: What's up, buddy? Awkward pause.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it
0: was awkward because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm just a subpar person.
2: Oh, come on now. Come on. Come on. Look, (laughs) I left the door open for you, Flame, on that one. But it was so hard. You don't know how hard it was for me to stay quiet. Well, I stay quiet (laughs) because you're always the first to speak. I love talking. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I actually had some some uh, personalized intros planned for each of you, but I mm-hmm. forgot at the last moment. Yeah, those are hard, but... something about a, a twirly mustache for a customization oh, yeah. option, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and like golden locks for a customization option for a, an interceptor. Mm-hmm. I think Andy would really <laughs> dig that. But <laughs> yeah. all right, well, this is the final show of our anthem pre-launch series. So we set out to bring you guys just uh, six episodes teaching us everything that we knew about Anthem, getting to know all the javelins and what the world was all about and what the game's all about. In this episode, we're going to talk about the end game. Super excited. And I, I just want to say, thanks. Thanks for listening and hanging out. And thank you to Andy and Flavorus for doing this series with me. I really appreciate it.
0: It's our pleasure, buddy. It was so hard on me. I just, <laughs> I went through so much.
1: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the personal sacrifice. Mm. Well, I, Sacrifice, schmacka,
2: schmacka, sacrifice. It's hard to do. Uh, you promised me tacos, Manny. So.
1: I did, and they are in the mail. Yeah. So, in, in episode one, we asked the question: You know, if we're doing a pre-launch series, are we going to do a a post-launch series? Well, I have some news for you. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Dude. So. <laughs> It's, it's up in the air. I, I, some of you have reached out and given me positive feedback about the show. Uh, Somebody even reached out on Instagram. We do have a Instagram account that is, it's just filled with Anthem art that I really love uh, doing. So go check that out. Just a quick plug. It's the Anthem show on Instagram. Somebody reached out and said, Hey, I'm getting all of my Anthem information just from your show. And I was I was like, "Wow, that's awesome. Have you never heard of YouTube? But um, I, I felt really grateful, you know, and I know people are, are learning a lot here and, and uh, Anthem is not a game that every one of our listeners is interested in. This podcast is on our main feed. So you know, it's kind of hard to avoid downloading it. but if if this is something that you really like and you want want to hear us continue talking about Anthem, then reach out to us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, go to the Anthem show on Twitter and let us know, or just send us an email feedback at the Anthem And I would love to hear what you guys have to think. And, you know, going forward, this, this whole series has been focused on like education, right? Where we're learning about all these different things. So going forward, obviously if we do continue some kind of Anthem podcast, it's it'll be on its complete total, uh separate, feed it'll be a separate show completely different than the gaming adventure club podcast uh and the format will be different too right because you know if we're talking about a live game it's very different than talking about something that's pre-released so with with that out of the way let's jump in to the show So once you've played through all the story missions and you hit level 30, the game is not over. That is when the elder game begins. So at the core of Anthem is a live service with a purpose of giving you things to do and new items to chase. So we're going to discuss that throughout this whole episode. We're going to talk about the end game activities and the roadmap of what is beyond all the content that we get at release. Andy, do you want to introduce us to, uh, this, this first subject here, the end game.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, the design philosophy of Anthem is less like World of Warcraft, where you go through a raid once a week and collect your desired items and patiently wait for the next raid. It's more like Diablo in that it's meant to have repeatable content to keep us coming back for the thrill of conquering challenging content for surprising rewards. On February 6th, Bioware released a uh, some videos called Endgame, where they told us about the variety of activities we will occupy ourselves with as we hunt
1: down those items for the perfect build. Well, let's break that down. There's six levels of difficulty in Anthem. There's easy, normal, and hard. And then once you've hit level 30, you have access to Grandmaster. And Grandmaster difficulty starts with one and it goes up to two. And then after two, surprise, number three.
2: Do you think, you know, I've been deep in season 16 uh of Diablo. Yes. Do you think that the uh difficulty levels will be similar to it seems like, like it will levels? be similar to Diablo, but 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 in that you know how like when you get into like the greater rifts? Yes. It's it you know, it taps out at torment 13, but those greater rifts continue to go up in difficulty,
1: right? Yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: So do you think it'll be something like that where, I mean, in this case we have Grandmaster three as that top
1: quote, unquote mm-hmm. torment
2: 13, yeah. but then the GR levels just continue to go like up and up and up. And I mean, I, I think it's,
1: yeah, I, I think the design is similar, but the mm-hmm. Grandmaster difficulties are designed more to challenge your character as a whole and to challenge your group as well. Mm-hmm. Because I can start a monk in Diablo and go all the way up to, to, um, torment 13, pretty like within two days or so. And at that high level, depending on, on my build, there's a lot of monk builds that I'm, I'm more familiar with monk than any, any other class, mm-hmm. but there's, there's a lot of builds that you can use that give you just a lot of avoidance. And if you play a certain way, then you could avoid a lot of damage. Cause you know, after a while you learn how the AI acts, so you mm-hmm. could avoid a lot of damage and still do a really high, uh High level of content, because if if you funnel all of your resources into your damage, then you can do that to actually beat the content and Mm -hmm. avoid getting killed just from from smart play. But I think because Mm -hmm. of Anthem being designed the way it is, it's going to be a lot harder. I think Grandmaster one, two and three, I think with each level is going to be a brick wall and you're going to have to have. Those masterworks, you're gonna have those to have yeah. legendary, yeah, to get there. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, Flave, as far as uh, these difficulties, have you ever played a game that is kind of designed like this, to where like the end game is basically the difficulty level?
0: Yeah, I've I've definitely played a few things, and I'm, I'm actually really excited for them expanding the grandmaster level because you know in the demo we did levels ten to fifteen, yes. And and most of us were doing uh, strongholds on hard with with no problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that Grandmaster Level 3 is going to satisfy us at Level 30 for long. Once we start mm-hmm. figuring everything out, yeah, uh, I, I think we're kind of going to be flying past that. Uh, so the fact that they've said that they're going to be uh, expanding that is exciting. Yeah. And... And also, uh, beyond that, you know, we we never got to see all of these Masterwork items that have have all of these perks and whatnot. Uh, Yes. So, uh, that's going to make a huge dent in the difficulty level. Uh, You know, with with what I understand, these perks are going to make a huge difference. Our guns are going to be way more impactful. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so, uh, I... man, I just, I have faith in the community. Uh, I think, I think the community is going to really bring it. And, uh, I think they're going to have to up these grandmasters.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think we're going to be a lot, uh, we're going to be surprised at how fast, uh, grandmaster three is going to be cleared, mm-hmm. but you know, just, and we're going to get into it, but the roadmap is, is starting in March which is like, you know, the game comes out on the 22nd of February. So mm-hmm. pretty quickly they expect to be bringing in new content into the game to kind of keep us going. So, you know, it, it all depends on how many hours that you're playing. Uh, that's, that's basically how long the content is going to be.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like in the end. Right. Cause
1: mm-hmm.
2: while, while the comparisons have been to, to mostly to Diablo, um, just having played the demo and in, you know, I'm I'm kind of reserved in giving too much or speculating too much, even having had the game in our hands, because I know that they're going to change a lot of stuff. We only got to see those five levels of games. We yeah. really didn't get to see a lot. You know, it just depends on on how it ends up, because, you know, I mean, Diablo, you know, some of the things that, that, that make Diablo special, because, I mean, there's really no content in that game other than grinding for for. You know, very specific roles, min maxing, and then just pushing those uh, greater rifts as far as you can. That's it, right? There's nothing else. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, Anthem, I mean, I didn't see anywhere where we have like, I mean, cooldowns are not even an issue in the game, right? Because our cooldowns are so fast. Um, yeah. you know, it's not like you're tweak There's no like stat sheets that we're going to be like, Oh, you want to get your cooldown to 35% and you know, all this other yeah. stuff, right? It just seems like we're looking for specific roles on these specific weapons, whatever, you know, if that sniper is going to be the meta weapon, mm-hmm. then, you know, we're going to just look for the perfect role on that sniper. And then just tweaking our abilities, you know, the buffs and, and, you know, whatnot that we get on those abilities. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to end up being like a mix of Diablo, uh, Monster Hunter with a little bit of uh, Warframe kind of sprinkled in there, you know, with all the different components that we have. So, I'm super excited, man. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I play Magic the Gathering and uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, one of the lead designers and he was talking about how they design a set and they release it. Into, into the wild, and he likened it to releasing it into a machine, which is which is us, the community. And we take it in, we chew it up, and we spit it out in ways that they never imagined us, <laughs> chewing it up and spitting it out. Right. And I kind of feel like that's going to be the same way with Anthem. We're going to figure out so many different builds and combos, and we're just going to chew through these difficulty levels and so I think we're going to surprise the developers mm. as a community in how we just really regurgitate this content back at them and say, we need something harder. Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: And what I what I like, though, about that is that Anthem uh, BioWare, they have the tools to add difficulty levels. They have mm. the tools to be able to add those. Relatively quickly, they they were planning on not releasing the Grandmaster uh, levels two and three at release because they weren't quite balanced yet and the numbers weren't right, but they got them right and they're and they're being released with the main game. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that they're able to iterate on, on on their systems pretty quickly so that if they needed to add, let's say, Grandmaster four and five before major content comes, then they can do that. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond to the, to the community's um, ability to kind of eat up content, mm-hmm. but I'm excited for it because the higher, the difficulty level is the better gear you're going to get. So if, if you're on grandmaster two, yeah. then you're going to have a higher chance to get those higher rarity items. And then that's when the game really begins to take off. And like what we're saying, all that customization happens, right? So what what I like is that not only do those rare items drop, but also there's personalization options like customization stuff that is also available at those higher tier level difficulty activities that aren't available at the lower end. So this is something that, that they've spoken of in the past. They haven't commented on it lately. So I don't know if that's something that has changed. So what I'm saying right now could be totally wrong so, so go ahead and fact check me, but mm-hmm. I do believe that there's going to be, um, there's, there's going to be activities that will reward you with personalization options that are only available to you for completing those high level, um uh, oh, difficulty nice. options. Yeah. So that'd be a great, because I love those types of rewards right. because it brings a new aspect to the game for me because yes, I want to be able to, to play and to get those legendary items to make my build awesome. Mm -hmm. But I also want to be rewarded with those vanity items because for me, aesthetically it's, if it's something that, that is pleasing and it took me some work to get, it adds that value to me, um, Mm -hmm. just that much more. Yeah. So let's actually, let's talk a little bit about Javelin personalization. You know, I had been thinking about this endgame episode for the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've been putting notes together and, uh, and then, and then Bioware releases this end game video. So it's like, okay, well, perfect. We'll just use this for an outline. And you know, I'll scrap a lot of those other ideas that I had because right. this, this actually flows and works really well. So in the video, he kind of goes through all these different things about end game and he does hit on Javelin personalization. Now personalization, I think for me, it is a, a major part of progress for a good RPG. And I know a lot of people, they don't care about personalization. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. But I do. I really care about it. And I think BioWare cares about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Flav, do you want to read this quote from, uh, from John Warner?
0: Yeah. He says, What's the use of being the best pilot in Bastion, which is the name of the world, by the way? if your style doesn't match your power. From greeting friends in Social social Hub, the launch bay, to how you arrive on missions or celebrate your victories, we give you lots of opportunity to show off your javelin style. Each suit has many ways to get it looking just the way you want, from unique armor pieces, customizing armor and textures, to collecting vinyls and emotes your suit will soon become a reflection of yourself making your wins all the more glorious.
1: And he's really expressing the fact that it is in the very DNA of what Anthem is that customization and making your, making your javelins look incredible. Right. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think Bioware needs to absolutely nail how you earn these customizations mm-hmm. because if it's a grueling, difficult, long task, to earn that special currency they put in the game so that you can unlock customizations for free through gameplay. If they make that really difficult, then I think that kind of punishing aspect to Anthem puts something in the game that, that just takes out a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't think that's right, but what, what do you guys stand on, on just this whole character customization and how it ties into the whole microtransaction thing and stuff? Now, Andy, let's, let's start with you, buddy. What do you mm-hmm. think on that?
2: Well, you know, I've we've had many conversations about this, and, I, I, and I'll be self-analytical here, right? I, you know, my brain, uh, my conscious brain, uh, wants to say that I don't care, right? And I really don't. yeah. Because typically I don't spend money on cosmetic skins, right? Um, yes. As far as, you know, how I look I- in any game. But if I'm very honest, Some of my favorite drops in any of the games that we've played have been from the difficult content, and it's mostly cosmetic, right? So (laughs) if we think about Destiny, right, you had your armor set for, uh, let's say, normal Oryx, right, back in Destiny 1 days. But then you did the hard mode, or even the challenge mode, and you'd get a different piece, right? And it was a different color, and it looked awesome, Um, and I slapped those things on and I never took them off. Right. Or a shader, right. That would drop in just a specific mode. Those have been some of my favorite drops, but I think what makes them special is like you said, right. It's difficult content and you get it through gameplay. Yes. When it's purchasable to me, it loses its, its significance. And I, and that's when I truly do not care when you put a price tag on, you know, a cosmetic, instantly i lose interest but if i had to play to get that cosmetic that same cosmetic it it becomes much more meaningful and 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 desirable to me so
1: i think in destiny 1 one of my favorite things that i had in the whole game was the the hive ship that you got from hard Orcs. do you
2: mm-hmm. remember
1: getting that ship
0: yeah that thing was beautiful wasn't it
1: that was like one of my favorite things in the whole stinking game it didn't was it, a didn't cosmetic drop- ship
0: Right. Didn't it drop
2: when you did the challenge mode?
1: Yes, I think so. I can't yeah. actually I can't remember, I'm but I know sure it, it wasn't just given to you. Right. Right? No. Flav, what's your perspective on this, man?
0: Uh Well, I have to go second. So everybody's going to think, oh, he's parroting Andy. But uh, <laughs> For the most part, I almost never care about cosmetics in a game. Typically in shooters, I'm just like, does it kill as fast? OK, I don't care. It's a little bit different in Anthem because it's third person and you can actually see yourself. So it, it makes me care a little bit more about skins and, well, vinyls, as they're called in this one. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, just like Andy, if I earn it, I care about it. If I have to buy it, then not so much. I, I'll, I want to show people that I put in the time, I put in the effort and I actually accomplish something. And so I get to look awesome. Yeah other than that, typically no, I don't care. So it is going to be a balance of, of how they actually approach all of these different customizations. and I hope they do it right. And from what I've seen, I think I think they're going to.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so. So yeah, next John talks about crafting. And crafting is a core part of the endgame experience. So what you do with crafting is you kind of use it to, to round out your build because you can craft some really, really good pieces, some very powerful and useful pieces. But most of the gear you're going to be acquiring is just from, you know, drops, right? But if you're trying to round out your build and you're missing certain items, right? You don't have the right components or maybe you have most of the right components, then you go to the crafting table and you make something that works, that it's, that has a, a good high item level. And that's, That's where crafting kind of fits into Anthem. But before we talk about crafting, let's take a a quick detour, but let's put crafting up on the shelf. And let's just talk about item rarity really quick. So I know we've mentioned it before, but item rarity is how the items are sorted by power and ability in Anthem. So we have common, uncommon, rare, epic, masterwork, and then the top tier is legendary. So the higher tier you go, the more powerful that your items will be. And what's interesting in in Anthem is that each item has these traits and stats, and they're called inscriptions. So there are over 100 inscriptions in the game, and certain inscriptions are only available at certain rarity levels. So that that might seem a, a little confusing at first, but it all makes sense. So let's say that you are doing something that is on a certain difficulty level and the only thing you're getting are like rares, right? So whenever you're getting rares, there are certain inscriptions or traits that are available to you at that pool. But let's say that you're, you've are you jumped up, you're at a higher difficulty level and masterwork is starting to drop. So from masterwork items, there's a completely separate pool of inscriptions and these abilities that you have that are available on these items that, that are able to drop and they're only available on masterwork items and all the way up to legendary, so that that pool of ability gets better and better and more desirable the the more rare that item gets. So that's that's kind of how how the whole uh, rarity system works.
0: So you have a single loot pool that can give you anything, but then you have a secondary loot pool that can give you inscriptions. Yes, I'm I'm very interested to see because you know in in the demo we you know what blue was the best we could get yeah man those those inscriptions were like 5% bonus to nothing yeah like, exactly yeah i i really want to see what we can do and we said in a previous episode that we thought the guns were the weakest part of this mm-hmm. game and uh this is this is what's going to turn it around uh these inscriptions and and all these bonuses you know these these unique traits that the the you know masterwork or legendary weapons give it's really going to change up our builds and and again like i said in the previous episode uh i i went with a build that was very short cooldowns on abilities because i didn't want to use my guns and yeah i think once we get these better guns it's going to open up builds in which I can do abilities that have longer cooldowns. And so I'm excited for that. I, I want this to open up a little bit more and let me have a little bit more freedom. And I think that's going to happen once we get, you know, in into the, the masterworks and why not.
1: One thing that is really awesome. And that adds longevity to this whole system is that inscriptions on all of the gear in Anthem is randomized. So what that means is that you can get a particular piece of gear to drop for you, and then you get it to drop a second time. Those two pieces are going to be completely different mm-hmm. because of that randomization aspect. And that is where build diversity really comes into its own because you're going to be getting these items. And yes, you may have a certain build in mind and you may be thinking, yeah, I want to play this the way, but this is what you have. So then you, you start to think, well, how can I make these synergize and how can I make the, the gear that I have now more powerful by matching up different items to work with this, this, uh, particular item. And then that's where you begin to build and, and, and make your own builds out of these random items that you have. And for me personally, that's where these types of games really shine. And that's where that, that drive comes in for me because I just want to continue to collect. More and more powerful inscriptions, so that I can make these different builds. You know, and sometimes they'll be really crazy, and I'll totally out of left field. But there's things in the game that support it. Then you know, more power to those those types of ideas. You know, with over a hundred inscriptions, that's a lot of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and inscriptions can drop on on any of the items that we saw in the um, in the demos. Correct?
1: Yeah. So so there's like underneath a piece of gear. There's like one, two, three, or four little perks, right mm-hmm. like they'll be like like plus to like pick up radius. that's an inscription, oh okay, right, yeah, oh, or yes, like I you see, know it'll see, be plus percentage to whatever, right. so those are all the inscriptions, yeah, like like we said, you know the the higher the rarity, the better the inscriptions can be. I wonder
2: if part of those inscriptions will be like weapon damage though, like we were mentioning, yes, Because I see. There's ammo buff uh, or uh, boosts, but I don't see any, like, like weapon damage.
0: There there was in the demo. Uh, I was, got okay. an inscription, or maybe it was a component. Uh, mm-hmm. It might have been a component. That gave me 10% uh, base damage to sniper rifles.
2: Oh, okay.
0: So that, that definitely is a thing. Okay. You, you can do that. So you can customize your build pretty well. And, you know, good on them for you know, introducing components to the game because that that does just make your build even more customizable so they they've really thought this through and mm-hmm. it's going to allow us to to push it even further
2: components were the the item that we crafted right that was apart from our our javelin
1: well it it would drop to there's uh, you have just these six slots Mm -hmm. And like when you're at the forge, it was like oriented on the right hand side and there are just six slots of things you just put in there. That's
2: right. Yes. Yes. I remember. Yes. So
1: so since like in Anthem, you're not going to get like a new helmet that has, you know, stats attached or new legs that have stats attached instead of losing out on that, that ability to have something that have stats. They just invented this whole components thing.
2: They just say, Hey, what stat do you want on your javelin here?
0: Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm glad they did that because in real life, uh, the stats on my personal legs aren't very good. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I I actually have plus ten on my legs in real life, yeah, I some but it's walking. because of my occupation. Yes. <laughs> power, <laughs> walker, right. power walker, professional power walker. So let's uh, let's jump back into crafting. So this whole randomization aspect carries over into crafting, which is really really cool because if you're trying to craft, like let's say a sniper rifle. And you just want one that has plus ammo with the crafting system, just craft it again, you know. And if you don't get that plus ammo, craft it again. And you can craft it as many times as you want, provided you have the materials, until you get the exact roll that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So they don't have any kind of like re-rolling mechanic in game, but they do have this to where you can just keep making something.
2: Essentially re-rolling.
1: Yes. very, Very much the same thing, right?
2: <laughs> you just need the crafting materials. That's it, I guess.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's restricted to things you can craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and and other things, let's say if, if you get something out in the world that only comes from a drop, then obviously you just have to make it drop again.
2: Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think that's awesome, man. You know, like it seems a lot of times, you know, you have the option to craft, but then, you know, there's a separate sort of consumable or whatever that you need to farm to re-roll. And so it just, it, you know, it, it it gets busy after a while too complex. So I like the simplification of it either drops or if you can craft it, then you can craft it as many times as you like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So to craft, you just, you need to just gather materials and you get those through just playing the game. So if you're in free play, you could gather materials that way. And certain enemies will drop materials or you could find them in chest or if you disenchant or break down uh, unwanted items. Then you get crafty materials that way. And they're actually heavily emphasizing that you do that because you only have 300 uh, slots available in your bank. So that's going to fill up super fast. And I heard even during the demo, people were filling up their bank. So, you know, within a couple of days of playing, you're going to get a ton of stuff. So you're going to want to. Just break that stuff down and, and it's up to you. However you want to play. Some people have said it's going to be best to just not craft anything to your level 30 and other people said, no, you want to craft because that's how you unlock better blueprints. And, and that's what we're going to talk about now really quickly. Um, so yeah, you can't craft just anything that you want to. You actually have to first gather the proper blueprints in order to craft it. And the way you get blueprints are through rewards for cl- completing certain activities. But whenever you get a blueprint, you never have to acquire it again. It's like yours permanently.
0: Yeah. Well, once I learned how to hammer a nail, I know how to hammer a nail.
2: Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I must craft a new hammer. I'll be back. <laughs> Something interesting about blueprints is that they're specific to a rarity. So what that means is that if you have a a blueprint for a common pistol. You're not going to be able to craft a rare version of the pistol. So mm-hmm. after a while, those common recipes, they're garbage, right? Or the the low tier. And I, I don't think it's, is it common yet? Green, right? The, those, they're not going to be blue all of a sudden. But what I like about this is that you could look up all of your blueprints in the game and it shows you how to get the next rarity, which is really awesome because it can be associated with getting a certain number of kills with that weapon you crafted and then all of a sudden boom that blue that rare uh uh, blueprint unlocks for you or it could be you know there's there's different challenges associated with acquiring better and upgrades to your blueprint catalog so i think that's awesome it just brings an extra extra thing into the gameplay loop for you to earn these these blueprints as you play
0: yeah well any time i don't have to go outside game to learn how to do something in game is a bonus Yes, uh, and I, I think they've got that going. You know, the Codex is is kind of the same thing. They've got that all in game, so I I think they they kind of mm-hmm. understand the grievances uh, that you know we as a community have kind of felt from other games, and so they're they're putting it in, and and making it just easier to learn. If if I can see what I need to do to get a blueprint, yeah, that's awesome
1: yeah, it really feels like Bioware has learned a lot from observing other IPS and and from their own games as well, and they're really putting in a lot of effort to just making the game fun and removing a lot of that burden and and you know with things like this, being able to add to your your masterwork or sorry your um, your blueprint catalog by just playing the game is is really awesome. Um, last note about blueprints. They're confirmed all the way up to masterwork. So you can get Ooh. masterwork level blueprints, nice. which is great because masterwork is very effective. There's only one more rarity above that. And then legendary blueprints we've not heard anything about. Mm. So maybe one day there'll be some kind of a legendary blueprint for a special gun or something. Who knows? But as of now, I don't think they're in the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, some of us will find out soon. <laughs> some of us tomorrow. At 9 a.m.
1: All right. So next in this video, John tells us about all the different activities that we're going to be participating in in the end game. And he lists them out as challenges, contracts, free play, and strongholds.
2: Challenges are daily, weekly, and monthly objective uh, objectives that once completed, you will be rewarded with crafting materials and other desirable items like personalization options. I guess these are on uh, on a rotation. Once you do them, they're, they drop off your list. Does that sound right?
1: Challenges, they're, they're, they're just, they're rotating activities, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess in some games are like daily quests.
0: Or bounties, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then we have contracts, and they are unpredictable, objective-based quests that send you out into the world to complete different tasks that award you with loot. Uh, the type of loot is based on the difficult, difficulty level, of course, of the contract, and there are different groups you can gain reputation with, uh, you know, you can call them factions, whatever. They each offer mm. different contracts, rewarding different crafting blueprints, and there is a bit of a distinction, because there are contracts, and then there are legendary contracts. And Heck Yeah. Heck yeah! You want the legendary ones. <laughs> the legendary ones have multi-tiered objectives with a much higher difficulty level, and they will be some of the most desired missions in the game.
2: I wonder if what'll end up happening is folks will gravitate towards the legendaries, you know, to get the loot. But I wonder, like, if the lower tiered ones will have maybe some of those crafting materials associated with them, you know what I mean? So that it gives people yeah. a reason to do the the lower tiered ones.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like a really good idea. I think, actually, if they did something like that, I think that'll be a good way to get, like, higher tiered players to mm-hmm. play with lower tiered players. Right. I mean, t- to help them kind of accomplish those things. and And, you know, that'll serve to kind of, you know, it, obviously, to to kind of uh, have that community aspect, but right. but helping the the lower tiered uh, geared people to kind of bring them up a little bit, I mm. think that'd be pretty awesome.
2: But then, of course, legendary—that's what—that's what we'll all be doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, legendary contracts. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a legendary reward, right?
2: It says it in the name, Manny.
1: What? What, man. Well, I mean, in the name I don't is. know. I've never done one. <laughs> so I'm just guessing. Because, <laughs> you know, legendaries are going to be pretty, pretty rare. Hard to come by. I don't know. Hopefully they're in the microtransaction shop and I could just buy a full set.
2: Oh, whoa. Okay.
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stop throwing money at the screen.
1: Yeah. The last couple activities activities, uh, free play. So, you know, free play, it's the world exploration. You choose whatever difficulty level you want and you There's just a number of dynamic events that go down and that's where you get to find just lots of random loot and a lot of materials. They did mention on Twitter that free play is not the best place to go if you're looking for experience. So before you're level 30. So personally, I think I'm going to avoid free play for the most part until I'm max level. But, you know, do what you want, play how you want you know, if you don't want to get to level 30 quickly, if you just want to want to just experience all that Bioware has kind of put out there, then go ahead, do whatever you want to do and um, go find your fun, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fun events that go down. There's a lot of things you could do to add to your codex and free play as well. So I think that, um, you know, this is a list of endgame activities that he's given to us. But I think you can really enjoy these things even before you get there to endgame.
0: Yeah, personally, I'm going to I'm going to take my time getting to 30 and getting to the end game. I'm going to jump into free play a lot, unlock all of my codex items, and honestly, I envision I envision me uh playing with Eric, uh which means I'm going to take this uh nice and slow. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. Yeah.
1: All right. So the last thing he mentions here are uh, strongholds. So the Strongholds, they're their four-player activities that requires like a coordinated effort. They're Anthem's version of dungeons. So, you know, Destiny, they have strikes. And, and in my mind, I've always thought of Destiny Strikes as Destiny's version of dungeons. Because in my head, I always compare everything to like World of Warcraft. <laughs> because I've I've played that game more than any other game ever. And they've got to set a standard with how things work as far as... Um, like in the MMO space. So the, this is Anthem's version of dungeons are are um, strongholds, mm-hmm. right? So you go through and you fight through the different enemy packs. You, you do different objectives to ultimately get to an end boss. And so far what we've seen, there's only one boss per dungeon, right? And that's kind of how Destiny has their strikes. And that's why a lot of people, I think, compare them to strikes because they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily similar in length or difficulty, but you fight through trash, you do these little objectives, and then you get to an end boss, right? So it kind of seems like the same song.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when the game launches, they're going to start off with three. So let's let's kind of have a discussion here. Um, the Your Anthem YouTube, the uh, William, he seems like a really cool guy, really nice guy, and he said something that I that I thought was really interesting. He said the problem with Anthem is not that there's going to be a lack of content, but that there's a lack of variety in the content. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that that seems kind of obvious, uh, a good observation, and you know definitely rings true with me. Right. But what what do you guys think about these particular activities, the challenges, the contracts, free play, and strongholds? Do you feel like this is going to be enough to kind of occupy
0: everyone? I don't think it's an issue of being enough. I think it's really the chase for loot and power and getting the inscriptions that you want uh and and beyond that perfecting team play so the fact that they have three strongholds doesn't bother me at all the fact that there's not necessarily going to be a ton of variety doesn't bother me at all because Mm -hmm. i know what i'm getting i know what i'm signing up for uh you know i'm not signing up for pvp or anything like that. Uh, I'm signing up for a PvE game. That I'm going to be able to chill. And figure out builds. And kind of do some min-maxing. That's that's going to be the game. Is, is me mm-hmm. min-maxing. And so I'm not worried about this. But I'm also super excited. That they are starting the roadmap. In March. Um, because like I said earlier. I think the community is going to figure. All of this <laughs> out really really quickly. Yeah.
1: I think so, too. I, I like that perspective, man. I, I totally agree. Uh, what about you, Andy? Do you disagree?
2: No, man, not at all. I think, uh, honestly, dude, I...
1: You're not going to fight at all about this? No, not one it's bit. It's going to be boring <laughs> if we all agree.
0: Well, hug me. Hug me. Don't <laughs> fight me. Let's <laughs> hug it out. Let's have a nice off, guys. Come on.
2: <laughs> uh, <but laughs> See, here's the thing. Because I've sort of transitioned my mindset into thinking, okay, Diablo, not like all the other live service games that we've we've had. Yeah. Dude, in comparison to Diablo, which I love, as you know, many, yeah. um, this is a ton of content. There's like <laughs> There are yeah. several things to do in here, you know, and, and
1: you mean, it's more than just a riff system just
2: riffs. Yeah. Over and over <laughs> again. Um, no, this is great. Yeah. dude. This is, this is going to be awesome. You know, and I, I, oh man, I wanted to reference this quote and I can't remember who it was. It was either Datto or, uh, say no to rage. Was one of the guys, one of the destiny guys that has been, uh, heavily involved in, in Anthem. Um, mm-hmm who was talking about the end game. And he said that, uh, you know, the end game isn't necessarily going to be things like raids and dungeons and all that stuff that we, we, uh, we think of when we think of MMORPGs, right. Or even RPG lights, it's going to be Diablo where the, the game itself is the end game. You just ratchet up the difficulty and, and make, build the, you know builds to take on the difficulty right and it's not just yeah. like the difference between traditionally right when we go from normal to Hard it's like significantly harder as you see we're saying right we, where we had mm-hmm. to clear those G, those Grandmaster um uh difficulties we're gonna have to get the gear man we can't do it if yeah. we're not if not if we're not putting out the dps if we're not uh able to survive mm-hmm. right um, or if yes. we're unable to, as a group, right? If I'm the glass cannon, I think it's the Storm that's a glass cannon in this game. But, you know, if the Storm doesn't have the support around them with all the other Javelins, they're not going to be able to clear the the harder difficulties, you know? So I don't yeah. think it's going to be as big of an issue as, as most people uh, think it will be. But then it also depends on the community, right? We're, we're not just getting people that have traditionally played... Diablo, you know, we're getting the destiny players, we're getting the the more traditional MMO RPG players who who are expecting a different thing. so
1: I like what you said, man, Anthem, Bioware has created Anthem so that the entire game becomes an endgame activity because you have opportunity for loot that actually progresses your character to drop from anywhere. At any time, yeah, and it's all based on the difficulty level that you're right. playing at. Right. So I think that is a part of the design of Anthem. That's the right. type of game that it is. So the fact that it doesn't launch with, uh, you know, with, with like eight um, strongholds, right. I think that's okay because the the focus is different. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, I I did have an idea that I, I wish they would implement, and I, I was thinking, you know, okay. It's it's a lot of work to make an entirely new stronghold, but then I thought, what if the, the the focus was on the end boss? So let's say you get to the to the end boss, and you have the you have the you know the giant spider queen lady. Let's just say you have a particular version that like we have now, where it throws throws webs at you, and then it goes away, and then it has an ad phase and stuff. But what if there was another version where it spit out acid clouds? Right. And what if there was another version that 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 had some other debuff? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So that each end boss of each stronghold would have an opportunity to spawn one of three different uh, bosses and it'd be the same boss. You wouldn't have to have a different boss. It just has three different abilities. Like even if it had like like a a red tint to it or a green tint. So you kind of knew which what you were were facing. But I think that would go a long way to making, to giving a bit more variety to the strongholds in Mm -hmm. particular. Yeah.
2: Like just switching up the mechanics uh, instead of, or not the mechanics, but like you said.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. The mechanics of the actual fight. Yeah. Switch them up, even though you have the exact same model of boss, you know, it's like, oh man, we just, we just did this, this boss and we had, we had the acid version, man, that was tough. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that that was an idea that I had. And uh, so, Bioware, go ahead and please do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you just need to go ahead and, and uh, tweet at your Twitter follower, uh, John Warner, and <laughs> tell him. <laughs> you have that. his ear, Manny. So,
1: oh man, yeah, John Warner followed our the Anthem Show Twitter account this week, and that was that was a watershed moment. That's okay. when I realized I could uh, stand up tall, and be proud.
2: <laughs> On that, but yeah, right.
1: But honestly, you know it's funny. Just as a, as far as the boss complexity and difficulty and and, and diversity rather, um, like Diablo three, that you have all these different bosses and it's random. However, they spawn and they have all these different uh uh affixes on them, whether they could be lightning or whatever. So every boss, every Rift Guardian is going to offer you different challenges and stuff. And there's different, there's a whole variety of raid guardians and stuff, but the, the elite packs and all that stuff, they have all these different modifiers, but it's funny because the way I play Diablo is that I build my monk character to be basically unkillable to anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it never really matters. Like, like my sport, my support monk, especially, where my actual purpose of my build is to keep not only myself, but my entire group alive. Mm-hmm. So nobody even dies. Yeah. So all that stuff doesn't even matter to be honest. So mm-hmm. although I would like to see all of this different variety, I think we'll get to a point where it doesn't even matter.
2: Well, and then that's where they throw in the higher uh, grandmaster.
1: Exactly. Levels, right? And then it matters again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now, man, I think, I think we will be pleasantly surprised. By what um, Bioware has in store for us, man. I'm like I said when we uh, when we talked about the demos, man. I they showed me enough uh, that I'm yeah. that I'm really excited about this game, man. It's something yeah, new. Me too. Yeah, something fresh. Me too.
1: And I I literally enjoy positivity, so I'm I'm staying positive. So take that. Yeah, it's our boast. So <laughs> we've invited right, so, Bioware so into our have- boast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on a little bit to to uh, build progression and loadouts. So we're going to give a few examples of different gear items that are are um that can drop, and we're going to kind of talk about what that could mean and how it could impact a particular build. So if you've never played this style of game, this will kind of give you an idea of how your loadout can change and how playing the exact same javelin in a completely different way. All right, so the first thing right here is it's a legendary Colossus component called Grand Entrance. And first of all, it gives you an absolute ton of armor and shield reinforcement, mm. which which is only available on Colossus gear because Colossus truly is supposed to be a tank. And it's very gear dependent, so you're not going to see that tankiness until you're getting better items. And just a quick aside, they mentioned in the, uh, their live stream today that they have made steps to making leveling the Colossus a lot smoother because he was kind of squishy in the in the demo. So, anyways, that's mm-hmm. just an aside. But back to Grand Entrance. It says that it increases the duration of your support abilities by fifty percent, and upon hard landing, creates an explosion at the point of impact. That is really awesome because you have we talked about the different abilities support abilities that the Colossus has, it has the taunt, and then it has the ability to lower everyone's damage throughout your whole group. And imagine if you're having just this difficult situation where the turrets are just raining down and your whole group is taking damage, all of a sudden you're lowering everyone's damage and that damage mitigation is lasting 50% longer. That is definitely game changing and brings a lot of utility to the Colossus. But that, that extra legendary perk with that, wherever you land, you make an explosion. That is awesome. That can change up the way you play the Colossus, mm-hmm. where you're always just flying and landing and kind of bouncing from pack to pack, just doing damage. That is awesome. And that is adds character to who the Colossus is, like as a javelin, but it gives you an opportunity to change up your gameplay style.
2: Well, and then think about this, Manny. Think about maybe some of the, what are they called again? Inscriptions?
1: Yeah, inscriptions.
2: That some of the other gear that you have. So let's say one of the other gear pieces, and I'm just making stuff up here. So you fix sure. me if I'm wrong, Manny. Um, <laughs> let's say one of your other gear pieces has um, uh, a an inscription that says, uh, you know, uh, so much uh, health Regeneration on, you know, ammo pickup or, or, you know, maybe, uh, increased, you know, cooldown rate of your super on health globe pickup. That 25% yeah. pickup radius all of a sudden becomes a big deal, right? Because, exactly, because yeah. the radius of, of where those globes are in relation to your character becomes really meaningful right so
1: exactly we look at this
2: now and and most people might say "Uh, what is what do i care what my pickup radius is well when when you put all these things together it means Mm -hmm. something right
1: yeah yeah like i i keep bringing up diablo Mm -hmm. but i think it's a really good point of reference um, th- there is like gold pickup radius in Diablo. Mm-hmm. There's actually an armor piece that gives you armor based on the gold you pick up. Mm-hmm. So when you have this, ra- this huge radius mm-hmm. and everything's dropping gold and, yeah. and when you kill something, it drops gold and you have these abilities that kill things that are far away. You're just vacuuming up all this gold, right? And all of that adds becoming to your armor value, making you yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, those, these little, little things that you have, when you can piece them all together, it gives you the opportunity to make something that is really strong and really special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's super exciting.
0: Yeah. It's all about making connections. And the people who are super creative in this game uh, have the potential to make some really awesome and unique builds. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So as as the resident storm flave with the twirly mustache,
0: mm-hmm. tell us about this mark of wrath. I, I
2: envision him with a monocle as well in it underneath his helmet.
1: Yes, please. Please put in uh, monocles in Anthem.
0: Well, I have two monocles. I call them glasses.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's the next level, dude.
0: That's right. All right. So uh Mark of Wrath, and again, this uh, this particular one gives uh, armor and shield reinforcement. Uh, but the perk is it, it increases gear damage by fifty percent and lowers gear recharge rate by tw- by negative twenty percent. What exactly is gear damage, Manny? Can you enlighten us?
1: Yeah, so you know how you you have to equip a piece of gear that is a focus seal on your storm and another piece mm-hmm. of gear is a blast seal that's considered gear damage and it's just a distinction between those abilities and your weapons so you'll see something that oh, buffs okay. weapon damage that's only exactly. going to be things you shoot but if it's gear damage then that is like in the storm in particular that's your blast blast seals which there's uh there's five and focus seals so like your frost shards or your ice uh, storm or whatever so fifty yeah. percent
2: and lowers the cool That's down, insane or the recharge rate yeah.
0: yeah it it lowers the recharge rate uh, well it the recharge rate increases by fifty percent for five seconds uh, that's wow, so you're doing more damage uh, your your cooldown is faster uh, that's absolutely fantastic. It does have uh, some some more to this, so your shield recharge or your shield delay is plus 8%. So you get a little bit of a, a debuff there. Uh, but then uh, you also have an effect of plus or minus 14% resist. I don't exactly understand that plus or minus <laughs> know, 14% dude. resist.
1: A lot uh, of the, A lot of these stinking things, I'm like, what is that? Like a lot. So I think we're just going to have to wait till we get the game in our hands mm-hmm. to understand some of these things.
0: Yeah, we, we definitely do. And just from playing with Storm uh, through the, the couple demos we had, this is really good and really bad. I actually don't want the plus 50% damage on something like Frost Shards, uh, which is what I use to apply my Frost Primer. Yeah because on a lot of the ads that would just completely kill it before it was frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh so it it is going to be dependent on build.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah and it, and it also depends on, you know, difficulty level 2. Like the if we if we're yeah. pushing if we're pushing content, you might not be able to one shot them with mm-hmm. your frost shards. Right.
0: Yeah, sure. But
1: well, it'd be good to knock their shield off, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is if you are doing lower level content, and that's where, you know, keeping that's where those what is it, three hundred, three hundred and fifty uh uh vault spaces or whatever come in handy? Yeah, yeah, three hundred. You'd, you'd probably keep some bank spaces. Some lower uh gear just to to drop your damage output just a tiny bit, um, so you're not just, you know, mowing over stuff or or less efficiently clearing things, right? Because in this yeah. game, those those primers and uh, what's the other one called, Manny?
1: The primer and detonator?
2: Detonator, yeah. Th- those things yeah. make a difference, right? Because mm-hmm. potentially help you clear uh, stuff more efficiently.
1: Andy, tell us about Chaotic
2: Rhyme. Chaotic Rhyme. Chaotic Rhyme. Oh, man, this looks insane. Ladies and gentlemen, is a Masterwork Focus Seal. My guess is that that belongs to the Storm correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Frost shards. Oh it's, yeah.
2: It's a, pa- a power level 45. Um, and it, uh, gives you what looks to be, I imagine cold damage. Uh, yeah. Frost. Ram,
0: Ram actually means cold. So yeah, there
2: you go. Gives you some cold damage, uh, no recharge and, uh, plus seven to your ice status, uh, which for context, I do not know. Uh, where you start off. So if you start at zero, that's a 700% increase. <laughs> uh, but uh, the little text here, we've got uh, upgraded frost shards, fires a stream of target-seeking ice shards, um, and then in bold, winter's boost. So I'm guessing this is the the masterwork piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, winter's boost, after freezing an enemy, increases... LB slot damage by 125% for 20 seconds.
1: Yeah, and that that is increasing your blast seal. Whatever skill you have chosen, whether that's lightning strike, ice storm, flame blast, ice blast, living flame, it increases its damage by 125% for 20 seconds.
0: That's yeah, insane. And- well, and honestly, okay, so Frost Shards is a primer. If you're using something like Lightning Shock, for example, that's a detonator. So yeah. you're going to want to use that immediately after freezing an enemy anyway. So yes. Yeah. It's it's just annihilating stuff. <laughs> stuff and, doesn't exist anymore. And on <laughs> top
2: of that, right? So that L B, whatever you have in there, slot. Yeah. One twenty five percent uh for twenty for twenty seconds. On top of that, it gives you a plus ten percent speed to that LB ability, so a uh, quicker, I guess, um, yeah. activation or or deployment of that. We talked a lot about in the in the past episodes. You know, some of the animations being a little bit slower. So if it can speed you up through that, then that, that sounds really good, right?
0: Oh, that's what the I I took that as a uh, cooldown. But if that's animation. That's that's really neat, too. That's how I'm reading it. This is my Diablo brain, though.
1: That's Yeah, that's how I'm reading it, too. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's another
2: thing I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. throw in, Manny. Like, we're looking at all these builds right now. But, dude, I'm so looking forward to the, quote-unquote, speed farm builds. If they're going to have yeah. that. Oh, my oh, God, yeah. dude. Because some of the animations are a little slow in the game, right? But if if I've got my speed build on, whoo. Man, especially yeah. with that interceptor. I'm gonna mm-hmm. begin suing up everything. Anyway, let's finish this up. I'm losing uh, uh you also get um uh plus thirteen percent to sniper ammo, uh plus twenty five percent uh ice effect, and uh plus forty five percent uh support speed. I do not know what that that that's your support ability, I guess.
1: Yeah, and those are these are all components and those, these four things you just read, those yeah. are inscriptions. Sorry, yeah. and those are random.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. Mm. This could be different on each of these All items that ones. we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Word. So there's a bunch more, and I think we've kind of gotten our point across. Mm. Unless one of these stands out to you, and you want to talk about it, mm. I I do I want like to the, talk about
0: that. You put a ton of storm components in here. <laughs> That just tells me that storm is the best. Nah. That's what
1: my Google search yielded. So,
2: <laughs>
0: what were you going to say, Manny?
1: Uh, oh yeah. I wanted to talk about this masterwork ordnance launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a voltaic dome? Is that, is that, I've never seen that word before.
0: Voltaic. Voltaic dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Well, if Eric was here, he would give us the whole etymology. Oh my God. We would know where it originated. <laughs> who was the first person to say it? Uh, Unfortunately, right. Eric is not here, so we don't know those things. So we'll just <laughs> uh,
1: we'll just make it up as we go. So yeah, it's a Masterwork Ordnance Launcher. So Ordnance Launchers are used by the Colossus. Mm-hmm. It says, Upgraded Shock Coil. Shocks enemies in area of effect. Enemies are frozen once hit. So remember when we did our Colossus episode and we learned that Colossus has zero frost abilities? Oh, there Guess you go. Guess what? You now have a frost ability. Found one.
0: Uh Uh-oh, happy learn to put.
1: (laughs) 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 And the storm just lost his job. Yes. Because I could be able to freeze everything. Get out of your storm. Oh, man. (laughs) No, no. Dude, I I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. Yeah. This is great. I am all in on this uh, Colossus, by the way.
2: Ah, nice. All right, man.
1: All right, we've been going on for a while, so let's let's wrap things up by talking quickly about the post launch content roadmap that they gave us. They they give us this graphic here, and it has a, they're they're showing that their their roadmap begins in March, and then they don't have dates for these other two things. But there's three acts that they're giving to us, and the first one is called Echoes of Reality. And when that comes out, they're telling us that they're, they're going to give us these new things. There's going to be new events quality of life stuff, new rewards, expanded progression system, a new stronghold, guilds and leaderboards, new missions and the cataclysm. So that is a lot of stuff packed in to what begins in March for Act 1, Echoes of Reality. And uh, so I, I'm imagining there's there's these three things, update 1, 2 and 3 beginning in March. Uh, The evolving world, stronger together, and the cataclysm. So all of those different things that I read to you a second ago, those all kind of fit into those three updates that starts with in March called Act One. But man, that's a lot of stuff, and I'm really happy about it.
2: Oh yeah, dude. They, they, man, I'm just excited about uh, what we're getting. You know, in what a week. Uh, Yes, and and they're already (laughs) talking about you know, further down the line, man. I, 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 that's great. It tells me that they have a roadmap, uh, something I probably won't get a chance to really dive deep into until probably late spring, early summer. But, um, I'm, I'm really, really pumped about it, man. I'm really excited.
1: We'll drag you along, Andy. <laughs> Dude, you, just, <laughs> you guys
2: just get to grandmaster level uh three and, and, uh, just, uh, no
1: power, uh, or uh, what do you call it?: Yeah, man,'ll we'll power level.:
2: Power me. level me. There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I like about this, this roadmap, what this tells me is that, yes, this is a live game, and this is the essence of a live game. This is what makes it a live game, the fact that they are giving you this ongoing content. But a lot of these things are in response to the community right? This is kind of a a reaction. They, they've been listening to us, hearing what we want, and this is them delivering that content in the future. The things that stick out to me the most are guilds and leaderboards. That's something that we've been asking for and we're definitely getting it. And I'm excited about it. And people have been asking for raids and stuff and all these things that is coming in the cataclysm um, update. So before we move on, to just kind of explain what cataclysms are, uh, Flav, do you have do you have anything you want to say about about the this roadmap they've given us?
0: Well, the biggest thing that stands out to me is uh, the guilds portion because this game is so teamwork focused uh, that I yes. do feel like they need to have a, a guild or a clan system, and the fact that they're adding that just means, uh, as I said before, it's more stuff in game. Uh, you know we don't have to necessarily seek out a separate discord or whatnot we We have our guild in game, so that's what I'm most excited about. yeah, awesome.
1: so yeah they they're gonna end up they're gonna end Act one with the cataclysm update. So this is anthem's aspirational content that's gonna serve as like the ultimate challenge, right? This is gonna be these massive world-changing events, that's how they've they've described them to us. They're also going to be limited time events that give you these unique rewards. So what's interesting about this cataclysm is this is their take on what most people consider like like raid content. Mm -hmm. But whenever you say raid, you think of a large group of people, you think of specific challenges, where you go through trash, you fight a boss and you go through more trash and then you fight another boss until you've cleared it. Right. And then you do that once a week until everyone has all the items that they want. But the cataclysm, they're handling this aspirational content completely different and they're bringing the world of Anthem itself in on this end game content. And I'm, I'm excited. This is an approach to end game that I've never heard of before in any game. This whole idea of a cataclysm, and I am really excited. Mm. Barring the whole cataclysm expansion of World of Warcraft, that's something different. <laughs> but I am super excited about this. So what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, well, it sounds to me like uh, you know we'll be seeing even for those that don't maybe participate, right? Because they're solo players or or any number of reasons. Um, yeah, it sounds like it'll be changing the environment that we're. Interacting with uh, because I mean, you know, massive world changing events, a name like Cataclysm. Um, so uh, it sounds really cool, man. We, we, I had mentioned in the past how, you know, Fortnite has uh, events in game. That's a PvP game, but even in that yeah. game where for just a moment there, uh you know the 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 players in in the game can't really do damage to each other so that they can spectate to whatever's happening right meteor falling from the sky a rocket ship launching or whatever um so if it does something like that in this game that'd be pretty spectacular man that'd be pretty awesome
0: yeah well they have potential to do anything that's a That's what they've set themselves up to do. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, cataclysm to me means high stakes. And so I'm just really interested to see what they have up their sleeve. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a part of it. And, you know, that's the draw is if you, if you make me want to be a part of these events, then I'm, I'm going to keep returning to your game. They've done a good job with this. I'm, I'm very intrigued. They've, they've piqued my interest.
1: Yeah, definitely. They, they did say this is definitely a part of the life service and they're going to be kind of seasonal in nature. Mm. So exactly what that's going to look like, we'll see, but I'm excited either way. And they also mentioned that as you're progressing through the game, going through the difficulty levels, all of that is to prepare you for this cataclysm update. That's something that they mentioned that cataclysms are, are like the, the, uh, the apex of the, of the, uh, the end game experience.
0: Hey, don't bring up other games.
1: <laughs> hey, it's all EA. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that is. Uh, so that's it, man. That is the show. That is our take on the
2: elder game. And we're not going to tell you if we're going to continue. So don't ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we definitely want to hear from you, though. So hit us up on Twitter. Go follow us over there. twitter.com slash the anthem show. Send us some feedback. You can send us an email at feedback at the anthem show.com. Or if you would like to become a part of our club, just go over to the gaming adventure slash discord and jump on in
2: for sure. Do that. A lot of fun to be had there.
1: Awesome. A lot of awesome people always talking about all kinds of stuff, all kinds of games and people playing all kinds of games. Yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of people are super excited about the division right now. Uh, Apex Legends, I think that's got a lot of people hooked too. So yes, so make our community your community. For sure. So, until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other.